When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580! 397! Oh, it is that time again for Hot Routes. We do it every day. We go around the league. We get the NFL music ramped up, and we answer questions about what is in the news in the National Football League. So, I have an interactive version of Hot Routes for you guys today. This is lots of fun. Okay. Uh, let me make sure that I've got it here. Whoa, let's see. Come on now. I favorited this. Do you have? Do you guys ever do this where you favorite or like so many things that you can't actually find something because you did it too many times. That's what's happening to me right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's the game. The Checkdown, a Twitter account called The Checkdown. It's a bunch of football stuff, fun little football memes, things like that. It created a GIF that runs through every NFL quarterback at hyper speed. And when you click on it, it's a picture of a quarterback. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to click it, let it go, click it, let it go, and assign Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison and myself, all quarterback, and then we're going to debate who we would rather have for a final drive in the <laughs> National Football League. All, all right. right. Click. Oh, you have Josh Rosen. That's going to make life hard on you. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not going to really debate much with you. All right. Next click. Manny, you have Andrew Luck. Okay. Yeah, I feel good about that. A little bit of a better play there. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you have... Josh Allen. Oh, great. <laughs> Go Fantastic. get him, Jonathan. He can jump over, guys. Don't worry about it. I've seen he him. Can. Yeah, I've he seen him on drives before. And I have Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, Manny wins this exercise. Okay, let's say that it's pretty obvious that Manny wins the exercise with Andrew Luck. What about second place for this? Who's second place? Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen, or Josh Rosen? The two rookies with potential or the guy that we've seen a little more of in Mitch Trubisky? How do you rank those three for a final drive? I Right now, I would say I rank them um, Luck, Trubisky, Rosen, Allen. Uh, yeah. I would probably, if I was, if I was forced to, 
in this room and uh, you took Andrew Luck off the table, I would probably go with Trubisky just because I feel like I, I have a semblance or I know a semblance of what I'm going to get. Beyond that, I really don't know. I don't know with Josh Rosen either. And that's I hard. like him, but yeah. I don't know much about what would happen. Okay, round two. Round two. That was a bad round. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you, how did you come out with a round? Because this is what it looks like. It's not rigged. Really I, I can't rig no, this up. But I, mean, I thought you'd get like Tom Brady, so Andrew too. Luck, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You get Joe Flacco. Okay, I still don't like where I'm going, but all right. That's... Manny. Philip Rivers. Okay. Yeah, well I'm, done. I'm, I'm all right. Man, Manny's got, got some good ones here. Philip all Rivers right. is my guy. Jonathan. Nick Foles. Ah, man. Ah, Super Bowl yeah. champ. Super yeah, Bowl champ. I mean. All right. And for myself, I have Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> of, of which I, I don't know anything about. <laughs> all right. So. I got a question. Is Nick is this situation in the playoffs because if it is then I'm okay. banking on Nick Foles. Marone has been fired. Okay. <laughs> so you've, okay. you've got Nick Foles without Doug Marone. John DeFilippo went with him. You have a real coach. Okay. And I'm in the playoffs? And you're this is playoffs final drive. Alright, then I'm taking Nick Foles. Who are we taking? Nick Foles. I don't hate Jonathan's answer. Yeah. Nick Foles, he, is he almost did it last year. He did. Except for Elshon yeah. Jeffrey didn't catch the ball. But Philip Rivers hasn't won the playoffs, but Judd. He's, no, but Foles is in Jacksonville. And unfortunately for you, Doug Marone has not been fired. <laughs> <laughs> and Flip is his OC. I think Manny wins this whole this whole exercise. I think Andrew so. Luck and Rivers, I think Manny just wins. I think so too. But I don't want to count out Nick Foles. And I know that it might be Doug Peterson a little bit, but Nick Foles does one thing that I think leads to success in late-game situations, and Rivers does a lot of this too. Mm. But Foles is not afraid to throw it into traffic. The best thing he could have was Elshon Jeffrey, where he was willing to just throw it up for him and let him go get it. And Rivers makes some mistakes sometimes yeah. in those big situations, but I don't hate the Nick Foles answer. Joe Flacco, Judd, no argument no, for Joe Flacco. No, okay, thank all you. Right. All right. <laughs> Five years ago? Yeah. So, yeah. 2012 so, Joe Flacco? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So I highly ago. suggest this. In fact, I'm enjoying it so much. One more round. Yeah. Uh, Judd, you get Matt Ryan. Okay, that's Not bad. bad. I don't Matty feel as bad. All right. Manny, you have Deshaun Watson. Okay. Okay. That's my guy. All right. Jonathan, you get Dak Prescott. It's okay. not bad. And I get Jared Goff. Okay, now this is a good one. Yep. Rank these quarterbacks for a two-minute okay. drive. So it's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Who did Manny get? Deshaun Watson. What? Oh, I like that one. Okay. I got Jared Goff. Who did you get, Jonathan? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Ooh. Who's a winner, by the way. I yeah. mean, Dak Prescott's Dak won a lot of games. Moments. He's won Dak a lot of games. Moments, yeah. He, I mean, he really should have a huge playoff win against the Packers if Aaron Rodgers didn't go full super genius. Mm-hmm. Am I absolutely crazy for saying Deshaun Watson? No, not crazy at all. That was going to be my pick. I really like him. I was going to say Watson because he can make plays with his legs too. Yeah. And in those final drives, I mean, remember, the drive, Elway, big run on that drive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going Deshaun Watson. I'm going to go, well, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson because he's my guy. I think we're, (laughs) we're probably, because of the Super Bowl, a little down on Jared Goff more than we should be, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Matt Ryan... His offense got up 28-3 on the Patriots. It was the defense who really let him down. I but. mean, Matt Ryan as a rookie was leading the Falcons on game-winning drives and all that Matt stuff. Ryan, Matt Ryan's going to come up a little later again in this show. All right, on to the next one. That's super fun. So if you like it, the quarterback randomizer, I just did it again and got Mariota. 
Um, go to at and the, then you stopped the check smart down. man. Yeah, at the checkdown. I just got Drew Brees. Now that's where I should stop. At the checkdown is where you can find that. All right, Vaughn Miller is leading a pass rush summit where he's getting a bunch of pass rushers together. They're going to talk shop. Uh, offensive lineman did this. Our friend Brandon Thorne, who comes on the show, was part of that last year. If you guys could give a summit on something, doesn't have to be football. A summit on something. What would it be? What would be your summit? The Zolgad Summit is about blank. I would invite, although they wouldn't show up, I would invite uh, Bettman and those who run the National Hockey League. <laughs> and, wait, I'm not done yet. And Manfred and those who run MLB, because my summit would be all about, what are you guys thinking? Let's talk about what you're thinking. Because I've got ideas that, that are, are smarter than yours and will actually help you. You know, football and basketball might have their faults, but they definitely get it, right? They mm-hmm. do a lot of things that, that, and you might question some, but they do a lot of things that make a lot of money and make their fan base happy. And hockey and baseball continually do things that I don't get. So my summit would involve Bettman, Manfred, and just one question, why? And then shut up and listen to me. <laughs> the Zolgad Summit is just titled, Why Are You Doing Stupid Things? Yes. Why do you do what you do when you do them? <laughs> Manny, what is the Manny Hill Summit? I would like to uh, lead a summit full of uh, people that are involved in voiceover work. Because it is something that I, I love doing. I love putting together like intros to segments and things like that, like the intro we have to this segment, yes, Hot Routes. Yes, it's um, really so, good. Yeah, I would love to get you know myself Production and even summit. Our, our guy Tony Lee down the hall yeah. and just a lot of different people together for a summit for that. Jonathan, what is the Jonathan Harrison Summit? Uh, sleep Summit. I just want to sleep. Oh, my God. I have a kid. That I don't get to sleep anymore. Answer. You no, have... I just want to sleep. Man, he comes through with this you, great no, answer. I, <laughs> I, I already know. I already know the Jonathan Harrison Summit. You guys don't get to... You guys get to no. sleep all the time because it, you don't have kids. I is, have a kid. I don't get to sleep. It is the <laughs> comic book movie summit. I mean, that's well, what fine, it should be. that one, too. You should be Either holding... Or, I don't have kids. kind of already have. Because we planned not to have kids because I wanted to sleep. Well, can I do a soccer one? Just getting a bunch of smart people in soccer together. You can. Together, I thought, to you, you had the That's most. You had that, the most obvious also, summit I ideas. Sleep. I just want to sleep. Um, all right, my summit. I think you guys could guess this. I would love to do a summit on 1990s NFL football <laughs> because it is my favorite. I will go back and watch the Chris Berman and uh, Tom Jackson, those weekly recaps oh, from the 90s. So great. And how great. The NFL was at, I think it's absolute best for entertainment in the 90s. Was, was that the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the ESPN? Uh, that was, that was a show. Up. Yeah, that was Jacked a show. Our, our summit won't be addressing uh, CTE or <laughs> concussions, but but, oh, we, the NFL. but we will be talking about the rise of some of the great quarterbacks in the National Football League. And uh, really, the passing game starts to take off in the 80s and really explodes yeah. in the 90s. Journeyman quarterbacks become a thing. Free agency becomes a thing. The 90s are an incredible Plan, era of plan B was 92, correct? Uh, yes, because was B it 93 in, in that um, Reggie White yep. left? So. Uh, yes, I would have a 90s NFL summit. You all can attend, listeners, to the Purple Daily Show. Uh, next hot route, Sam Darnold sounding extremely enthusiastic about playing with Le'Veon Bell, saying, quote, there's no telling when we will click. The more that uh, Le'Veon Bell um, goes along with the New York Jets, is there a better chance that 
he wins an MVP at some point during his time in New York or that he is released and they take on a big cap hit at some point and it's one of the biggest bus signings ever. I'm going to go with, if those are my only two options, I'm going to go with bust. He missed an entire year. He's not old chronologically, but he's five years in at a position where he's gotten a ton of work and you don't get years back. Like in football, you can't say, well, I didn't play at 27. So at 28, <laughs> right, I'm 21 right. again. <laughs> right. And and I also come back to the fact that the potentially psychotic coach didn't want him and the GM did. And guess what? The GM is now fired. And now we're hearing all of this what? Oh, man, this is working out great. Le'Veon Bell's catching on so quickly, which I'm not buying one bit. So if my only two options are what you just laid out, Matthew Collar, I'm going with bust. I'm going with bust. It's the New York Jets, and they are a complete dumpster fire. And it, it, I mean, I think the idea of Le'Veon Bell being an MVP because he's, we've seen him be that type of a player for the Steelers for a number of years, but. It's the Jets, and I, I don't even think they have the right coach in place mm-hmm. to lead them going forward. I actually I actually do kind of like Sam Darnold a lot. I mean, I, I just don't know if this is the right coach for him going forward, and I just don't see it happening. You guys mentioned in the last segment that the MVP is basically who had the, which quarterback had the best season. Yep. Running backs are never going to win the MVP again. It's just not going to happen, and you're on the Jets, so it has to be the bust option because those are the only two options. So I'll make my case for the possibility of Le'Veon Bell winning an MVP as a running back is that he's kind of also a wide receiver. That mm-hmm. he was the, this whole thing about the money with Le'Veon Bell was he wanted to be paid like a running back and a wide receiver was his argument, which I know is preposterous, but he could catch with this offense and you look at the lack of weapons, he could catch 80 or 90 passes and he will probably run for over a thousand yards. So if you end up with something like 2,300 yards from scrimmage, there is a chance. But do I think he's capable of running for 23 yards from scrimmage? 23,000 yards? Probably not. 2,300. I'll get it right. Um, so I kind of agree with you guys. But there is that world where it happens that Gase is actually pretty smart at offense. Darnold actually clicks. And then Le'Veon Bell is essentially what Todd Gurley has been to the Rams for the last few years. Are they trying to trade him? Because all of this stuff Could now be. is from OTAs. is It's unbelievable. He is way ahead of where we thought he would be. This all seems like a plant to me. Could be. Okay. Um, All right, next hot route. The New York Giants are apparently impressed with Daniel Jones, but not for why you would expect. They praised his running ability at minicamp. So uh, I think that's a pretty impressive reach to praise someone (laughs) to talk about Daniel Jones' running skill. I would like you guys to go around the room, take a Vikings player, and compliment them on something that they're actually not good at, and I want you to sell it. Because I don't think Daniel Jones you is really a runner. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I gave this a ton of thought. <laughs> Cousins <laughs> is the simple one, so I'm not going there. And I thought, who could I try and sell? So I'm going to sell you, you guys right now on OTAs and what I've seen. Okay. Now, I, I obviously have not seen this, but who cares? Rashad Hill has looked like a starting caliber player in OTAs. And I'm going to tell you right now, he is poised to challenge for the right tackle spot. Started eight games last year, going into his fourth year. And from what I've seen, this guy has worked all spring into the summer now on technique and developing himself. 
What you saw last year was a glimpse of the type of competition that he is going to provide at the right tackle spot. This guy has turned himself into a starting caliber player. I hope no one tuned in at the very moment you started saying that because you sold it. You sold it very well. You complimented the hell out of Rashad Hill. Well done, Zoldan. Thank you. I gave that a lot of thought. I even wrote notes down about it. Manny, your chance to compliment a Vikings player on something they're not actually good at. Listen, I tell you what, guys. Laquan Treadwell. He, Someone had to go I there. Mean, I, you know, somebody had to go. <laughs> I, I listen, clear that someone one had too. to listen, do it. Yep. You know, this kid has worked really, really hard over the years. I mean, did you you guys remember all the talk about the catch radius when he was coming out of Ole Miss? And look at the numbers that he put up. His last year at Ole Miss, I think he had 80-plus catches, and that was in the SEC yeah, going up was. against that Nick Saban's defense. I mean, Laquan Treadwell, I tell you, in, in terms of running routes and getting himself in position <laughs> to make catches. I'm still not buying this. No and listen, no. but here's, here's the kicker, guys. Sales isn't your thing, man. There's a here's the kicker, guys. Now, if there's a kicker, I like this conversation. <laughs> His production has increased every <laughs> yeah, year that true. he's been in the okay, NFL. that's true. All right, that's a better argument. He went argument. from one catch... He increased his catch total by 19 the next season, and then he increased it his catch total by 15. Now Manny is literally filibustering the segment until we admit that he has sold us on the You could have just stopped at increased period. You didn't have to give us the numbers. All right, Jonathan. I went the easy route. I went on Kirk. Okay. Kirk, you know what? You are a good leader. No one gives you credit for it. You do know how to get a group of men to go all in the same direction and get a win, especially when your team needs you to be the playmaker. What you excel at most is your ability to play really well when the brightest of the game's lights are on you. Another thing you do really well is make yourself seem like a likable, approachable person, especially on your Twitter account, where you know how to spark really good conversations and make yourself seem like a likable human being. (laughs) And have your PR team do it for you. Uh, It had to be done. Someone had to do it. Jonathan did it effectively. Good job. All right. I've got mine. I went a little bit different direction. You know, I got to say about Linval Joseph, he's lost a lot of weight. And uh, no one is looking skinnier out there than Linval Joseph. He is slender. He is on a diet where he only eats corn on the cob. And he has lost lots and lots of weight. And now, you know what? We're putting him in that 40-yard dash competition. (laughs) That's what we're doing with LeBall Joseph, because he is looking super slender. We are now calling him Tiny for the rest of the year. Okay, good job on complimenting Vikings on things they're not actually good at. Last one for you guys here on Hot Routes. Navarro Bowman called it a career. To me, Navarro Bowman is a quintessential Hall of Very Good player. Not a Hall of Famer but very, very good player. I want you guys to nominate two Hall uh, hall of Very Good players who do not have any shot to make the Hall of Fame. All right. My first one, my first one, you might not all agree with, but upon looking at this position group, my first guy is Frank Gore. He's never, yeah, he's never led totally his league that. in rushing yep. yards, or and he has never been elected to an all-pro team. He's played 14 years. He's had 1,000-yard rushing seasons nine times, so it's an incredibly effective career. And he's a guy who has been around and come back and come back and come back. 
But when his name comes up in Hall of Fame discussions eventually, I think he's going to be dismissed almost immediately yeah. because he just played a long time and persevered. But he's not going to Canton. Hall of very good, though, definitely. My second guy, 12-year career, tight end, including three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons from 2014 to 16 with the Carolina Panthers, former Chicago Bear, Greg Olson. Greg Olson, now he is he actually played a lot until the last two or three years when he's had injury problems, but Greg Olson's career and statistics are very impressive. He's played a long time, and yeah. he, he, again, like Gore, keeps coming back. Yeah. But he is going to be, I think, dismissed again almost immediately in that room at the Super Bowl when his name comes up in discussion for Hall of Fame. I like it. I, I agree with both for Hall of Very Good Players. Manny? One uh, for me, I actually came up with three guys, but I'll just I'll just mention two. It's not um, the rules. <laughs> I know. This is hot um, routes, man. T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver yeah. for the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think he's ever going to be in Canton, but he's been... Now, if they win a, a Super Bowl, though... Does he have a shot? If they I, win the Super Bowl not this that, year, if he, no, you don't he, think so. Not at that position. I think you're right. Okay. Man. If he's, yeah. I could see it. Maybe if they win the Super Bowl and he's the MVP of the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, if he puts on yeah. like an all-time performance, then yeah, I could see that. But he's just been a really steady, really good target for Andrew Luck for a number of years now in Indianapolis. But I just don't know because of the position, like Judd said. And it's so easy now for players at that position to accumulate numbers and yep. stats. It's going to be really hard for a guy for a guy like that to get in. So uh, the other guy I had is my guy down in New Orleans, Alvin Kamara. I don't know if he's going to have the numbers at that position. I wonder numbers. what the numbers will be ultimately. Like yeah. uh, Alvin Kamara is only a few years into his career. What will the numbers be that we decide? I think it's going to end up being yards from scrimmage for running backs now yeah, to probably. get into the Hall of Fame and no longer rushing yards. Yeah, but he's, I mean, I i think the world of him for multiple reasons because he's good in the NFL and he's a former Tennessee Vol, of course. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wonder if he's going to accumulate enough numbers for enough of a period of time to, to warrant getting him into the Hall of Fame. Jonathan? My first guy is a running back who definitely won't get in, Darren Sproles. He's been on three very good offenses, and he's not just the running back. We mentioned it earlier. He's also a wide receiver. Yep. He's played both positions. He's got 32 he touchdowns as a receiver. Too, right? yeah, he's done pretty much everything for three really good offenses at different points in his career. And he's also lasted from 2005 until last year playing in the NFL as a running back. The other guy, he... I don't know. He's kind of on this edge, Wes Welker. He didn't have yeah. His, no, I agree with Wes his, Welker. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. His great period was like five or six years. He's gonna get knocked for having Tom Brady as his quarterback. But for those five or six years, when he was at the top of his game, he was one of the best slot receivers in the game. So I mentioned this guy a little earlier with our game, and I'm gonna bring him up again for Hall of Very Good because we haven't really talked quarterbacks. I think Hall of Very Good is Matt Ryan. That yeah. he is not a Hall of Famer. If he had won that Super Bowl, he would have had a really, really good chance, but does not belong in the Hall of Fame and uh, has won a ton of games. He's a franchise quarterback. When they paid him, I totally agreed with keeping him around, and he showed that he's capable with the right offense and players around him of not just being a very good quarterback, but one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL when he does have everything around him. But there were too many times where he came up short in the playoffs and blowing that lead. I think that that cost him his chance. I don't think they'll ever get back with Matt Ryan as their quarterback. He will go down Hall of Very Good. And since we didn't have any defensive players, I will go with Terrell Suggs, Hall of Very Good. Mm. Do you think he's Hall of Fame? 
I don't think so. I think you're probably right. I, I did have another guy. That's a little tougher. Cameron yeah. Wake was my other guy. If you guys thought oh, yeah. he was a Hall of Famer for Terrell Suggs, Dolphins, my right? other guy was mm-hmm. Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake is in the top 35 sacks all time. He's just behind Charles Haley, who obviously won all those Super Bowls. Right. But Cameron Wake has a shocking number of sacks for a guy that is never talked about as being really great. But and he I'm not, started late, too. He did, and I'm yeah. not even sure that he is going to play this year. I don't know, so maybe he doesn't count. But Terrell Suggs, I I, I think he's got a really good shot at the Hall of Fame for Suggs because he is up, way up there, 13th all-time in sacks, and he'll surpass that this year. So I think he probably gets in. But uh, I'll go Cameron Wake then. Hall of very good. All right. Great job, everyone, on Hot Routes. We'll take a quick break. Thank you, Manny, for your time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zolga and I are going to talk about the best-case scenario for the Vikings. How does it happen? How do they get there? What goes right? We will talk about it when we return. Here you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Boom. Rookie out of Cincinnati is in the backfield. And Gary, big hole, big speed. Boom, inside the 25. Wow. Down to the 22. Trey Boston with a tackle. Okay, I'm glad that you played that, Jonathan, because I wrote about Mike Boone. What a coincidence, Jed, at uh, scorenorth.com. So if you want to read what Mike Boone had to say about his potential role and his growth as a pass blocker and uh, his potential fit in the zone system, he feels like the zone system utilizes his quickness and his athleticism. Mike Boone is an athletic freak monster. He has like an NBA vertical jump mm-hmm. and an amazing broad jump that would have been easily number one in the combine had he gone for his pro day. And he ran a 4-4. And that's why they loved him coming out and got him as an undrafted free agent. I've got a plan for Mike Boone, Judd. Okay. I think that the offense is going to be Delvin Cook in the, in the backfield, Madison, Boone, and Amir Abdullah. I think Rock Thomas is odd man out. And Abdullah is going to be the kick returner. CJ Ham clearly is going to be the fullback. Where I like Boone is he used to play wide receiver in high school coming out, and then they made him a running back, catch the ball in the backfield. I think he's a guy that you can use off the bench every once in a while. You bring him into the game, and the other team is like, wait, who is number 23 now for this team? And then you run a reverse with him or something. Like he could be a, a bit of a gadget player, and that's if Dalvin Cook is healthy. If he's not, then they're going to have to split the duties. But Boone has Jarek McKinnon-like potential, I think. How, how much possibility do you think he has if uh, uh, things don't go as well as expected early, especially in training camp, with the rookie draft pick for Boone to be second on the depth chart to start the regular season. So this is what's going to be really hard about evaluating Alexander Madison because your point is interesting. Madison is not a super fast guy. His big thing is yards after contact. But when it comes to training camp, how can you really tell yards after contact? They just think they don't tackle. So you've got a couple of preseason games. But to your point... If Mike Boone really shows in the preseason games, Rock Thomas is still here, too. I think he's kind of last on this list, um, but he is an instinctual runner. Mike Boone could be the number two, but they're so different that if Delvin Cook goes down, I think it's a team effort. I think all of them will have to, or at least those two and Amir Abdullah, will all have to rotate in to try and fill one person's shoes because Madison is much more of a bruiser, much more of a Latavius Murray-like tackle breaker, 
And um, can he catch? Madison? Yes, yes. Okay. Madison can catch effectively, not like send him down the field like you could do with Delvin Cook. It really shows you how awesome Delvin Cook is. Yeah. And this is when we were talking about building around a running back, how it's not that crazy. Well, Le'Veon Bell showed us that if you have this guy in Pittsburgh, that's really good for your offense. And in New York last year, they were top 15 passing offense for the Giants. They threw 91 passes to Saquon Barkley. I don't think that that's a terrible idea for this team to plan everything around Delvin Cook. If he gets hurt, there's no clear number two, but there is Boone can handle these responsibilities. Madison can handle these. Amir Abdullah can handle these. And you have situational stuff. Amir Abdullah is a very intelligent player. He can handle pass protection. Uh, Mike Boone is incredibly quick and athletic. He can handle zone runs. Madison can handle power runs, those sorts of things. Um, But, Boone is a guy that I think, if everyone is healthy, has some intriguing upside as a gadget player. Is Rock up probably uh, odd man out because of his uh, because of his performance, or because of the off the field problems that they're not going to want to deal with, or they simply don't trust him by this point? Uh, I think that you combine that with the fact that he got hurt a couple of times too, and that's always a factor. Is a guy going to be durable? Thomas has a natural running style and ability, a patience. And, and sort of just a gift for finding holes that I really like and was impressed by last year, especially in the preseason games. But you are talking about an offseason infraction that we haven't heard anything about a suspension. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not, or if it's just sort of going to get overlooked. Um, but I think that hurt him. And Boone was ahead of him last year anyway. Okay. That at the end of the year, or at the, at the time they needed a spot on the roster, they cut Thomas, put him on the practice squad, they kept Boone on the active roster, and I think that that's probably the direction that it will go again, but there is an opportunity there. I just think Boone has such a unique athletic skill set that he's a guy we could be a little surprised by. So that's what I wrote about at scorenorth.com, along with a bunch of different things about the defense. Uh, if you Tell me if any of these stick out, and then we could get to the other question okay. that I brought up. Um, Zimmer's defensive tweaks. Yes or no? Yes, but I've, I've got a question. Okay. You've covered him for a long time now. How much of what he said about potential tweaks are you buying? Um, I think... Because this is the time of year when I don't yeah. know what to believe as far as players go. And, and as far as, you know, okay, you're going to change things, right? Absolutely, we're going to change things. But how much of that are you really buying? So remember week one last year, we were up in the press box covering the game as always, and we looked down on the field and all of a sudden, David Perry, Jaleel Johnson, Jalen Holmes, somebody yep. like all these, Stephen Weatherly, all these backups come on the field and they play an entire series and they get run down the field by the offensive line of the 49ers. And then Zimmer said, nope. We are never doing that again. And he was mad about that. He was. Yeah, he was not happy. Even though that had been something he had discussed all along the offseason. So I think that Zimmer knows that his system that has been going for a really long time with this amount of talent, it works. But a lot of the tweaks are things that we can't necessarily know or see. We're looking for personnel. We're looking for alignments. Could he go with more three-man fronts? I think he will. I think they'll go with more three-man fronts, maybe even on second down and 10. See, all these. one of the things about the data for offenses is that defenses know it too. And if everybody in the NFL starts shying away from running on second and 10, you might be able to have a three-man front on second and 10 
and have one more defensive back in there, knowing that offenses want to pass more on second and 10 and almost turn it into a third and 10 mm-hmm. in a way, right? The way you treat it. Third downs, I saw a lot of creativity from him last year. Zone blitzes from the outside as opposed to the double A-gap blitz. You know, the double A-gap was Which the big thing. Which he loved for a yeah. long time. Oh, yeah. But then everyone figured it out. Yes. So he started doing zone blitzes last year that were really creative and threw off a bunch of teams. That was kind of fun to watch Zimmer do his thing there. But I think a lot of it might just be, hey, in this situation, we've been covering things with this guy going here, this guy playing zone, this guy playing man. Here's a good example for you. Bunch formations. Teams are using them more than ever. Play actions. Teams are using them more than ever. So let's say there's a bunch formation. Now, normally, the way that they have done that is called pattern matching. So you have two guys lined up on the outside of your three-man bunch formation. And the guy who runs to the outside, well, the outside guy takes him. The guy who runs to the inside, the inside guy takes him. And the safety takes the, the middle guy, right? Well, offenses have figured this out, too, that this is how everyone is pattern matching against these uh, bunch formations. So they've figured out little tweaks, too. So there are going to be a lot of things that uh, we might be able to get out of Zimmer as the season goes along. And then we pick up but on. But those are small tweaks, could too, be, though. That, yeah, but it could be. They're subtle like, at times. He could be talking about here in this sure. quote where he says he's calling a meeting. He could be calling this meeting yeah, and having this right. tweak about how they handle a bunch formation. Right. With and a we're pattern thinking match, big we're like, picture. Oh, yeah. man, you're going to change your defensive right, right. scheme up, and he's right. really not at all. You're going to play bar at the end or something. Yes. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. Okay, uh, here's some other ones. Daniel Hunter uh, is very confident. That's not that interesting, but it's true. Do you think? Where do you think he plays more in 2019? Hunter, right or left, you mean? Yes. See, in 2019... I don't think it matters if you play right or left. I mean, it used to be but would the you, left tackle but would versus you, the left end. But would you switch him up at times to confuse opposing offensive lines? So I wouldn't, and I'll tell you or why. Or blocking schemes, I should say. The the numbers pretty clearly show that if you're rushing over a right tackle, you have a better chance to sack a quarterback than the left tackle. And that's why, because the left tackles are the best players in the, in the NFL, some of them, like Trent Williams, who wants a trade. But the guys like that, um, the advantage is so gigantic Daniel Hunter, an elite player, over a right tackle, which is usually not the one that's valued as much, I would leave him there. But there is that opportunity to slide him around along with everybody else, and that might go to the creativity. Uh, A bigger role for Stephen Weatherly. Do you buy that? I don't buy that. Not with Everson Griffin coming back. I buy that they like him. Yes. No, I don't buy that. that It sounds good. It sounds right. good you, in June. Yeah. You should, you oh, should we're say increase, that. Yeah, we're yeah. going to increase his role. Uh, do, do I, I think that when we see the stats at the end of the 2019 season, things are truly going to be drastically different? Probably not. But he is your insurance But he could policy. be very successful. Yep. That doesn't mean he's not going to be good. He is the insurance policy for Everson Griffin if he doesn't play well. Yep. Uh, do you know who Hercules Mata'afa is, Judd? Only because you talked about him a couple days on the a couple days ago on the show. And it's a great name, by the way. Well... Uh, more good things from Zimmer, and you can read his quotes on scorenorth.com that he had to say about Hercules Mata'afa being a guy that is put on weight and he's wanted to learn everything and he's kind of like this bowling ball. Well, I hope he wants to learn everything. Yeah, he's an NFL player. You'd be surprised. No, I actually wouldn't be. No, no, you. that's right. It's you sa- wouldn't be. It's sad what People you're saying. People would be surprised. I would hope that most of these guys who are in position to earn uh, life-changing dollars would want to apply themselves as much as possible. But Mata Alpha, somebody to watch because that three-technique spot 
okay, so Shamar Stefan is in on first down. The rest, I'm not sure. Jalen Holmes, Jaleel Johnson, Mata Afa, all these guys is have a Jaleel, shot. Is Jaleel Johnson not progressing as we thought he might when he was drafted? Because in that first training camp, I thought we liked him a lot. We did. He was really good in the preseason, and he got more of a chance um, last year to get into the game. And I thought he was okay at times, but really didn't stick out. Yeah, here's a little bit of the issue. That they brought him in, and they were like, okay, we're going we're gonna to make you a nose. So he's a nose. That didn't really work because he was a three-tech in college. Okay, that's not working. Back to three-tech. And then, okay, we're going to ask you to play a little bit of both. And now you're kind of, Shamar Stefan's gone, so now you're kind of the backup guy after they cut David Perry. It's been a little bit of a jumble for him. And this is make or break is the way that I look at it because they do have these other guys. I think he's talented, but can he be a starter there? That I have not seen yet. This year three for him, is that right? Yeah. Yep, okay. this this is big for him. He, he got a lot of sacks and pressures in college, and he hasn't really gotten much opportunity, which if you get a lot of sacks and pressures, Mike Zimmer will give you an opportunity. Um, Mike Hughes will not do any practicing this spring. Is that interesting to you? I would have been shocked if, if he was going to. I think Mike Hughes is going to be this year's Pat Elfline, where we hear... Oh, yeah, he's going to come back in, like, week two of training camp. Mm, yeah. Actually, yes. it's week four of training camp. Yes. Actually, it's week four of the regular season. I think you're exactly right. El- Elfline, I-, I saw a quote in the last couple of weeks, essentially fessed up and said, I spent last spring in the hospital. Yep. Exa- yes. That's football. Yeah. Like, they don't sit there being like, I think I'll go hit the weight room today and get my leg back in shape. Yep. W- what he said is incredibly truthful which is a guy like him, was in a hospital probably a lot of the time through May. He was never going to say it last year because he is a classic offensive lineman. He's going to make no excuses. But that's the reason that I've always believed that he could be much, much better than he was last year. And what I saw in 2017, they loved what they saw. But now they have two guys that they really like on the interior. and His ankle snapped, basically. Yeah. I don't think I realized at that moment, because so much other stuff was going on. Right. I mean, they're throwing bombs. Nick Foles is lighting them up. They're throwing beer cans at us. Yes, exactly. And I I saw him go out of the game, and then they said he was going to have surgery, but none of this is uncommon. What I didn't realize is until I saw him back, and he was holding one of those medicine balls and throwing it, <laughs> and I was like... Oh man, he's nowhere. Close. Well, his shoulder as well, right? Yeah, yep. So, but, but just seeing him, yes, it gives you an idea. Yeah, that, that they can't because the the problem there is if those guys have surgeries plural, they ordinarily will start to lose weight as well. Yeah, and so they can't just eat and lift and work out. And so, yeah, and that. But but that is that's the issue with the sport is the recovery in the sport because the sport itself is so brutal. Is not is not like let's say a baseball player. Uh, I got a tweet with some very um, excellent choices for Hall of Very Good. Okay. I don't agree with Matt Stafford. I don't think that he's Hall of Very Good. I, I think he's just like a guy. I he, think he's got very good statistics, but I don't consider him. I I don't. I cannot believe that that when those guys sit down to to give their presentations, that he's going to be discussed for Canton. But Jamal Charles uh, yep. from Devon is a great choice. Yep. Jamal Charles. Agreed. Here's one for you: a guy that is Hall of Very Good. But I think he's Hall of Fame as Antoine Winfield. I think if it was today and everyone paid attention to pro football focus grades all the time, like they do now, they would realize 
how amazing Antoine Winfield actually was. As a nickel corner, he was fantastic. And he was a very good player. But that's a good question. I don't know about that one. He just I loved him and I thought he that that he, basically when when he moved into that nickel corner job here, he did a fantastic job, but I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame player. I, he missed here's the thing. He missed out on the era where you would be appreciated for being a shutdown corner because he yep. just didn't get a whole lot of interceptions. And he played as an outside corner in Buffalo and was dominant. And I'm looking at his pro football focus grades in the PFF era, which starts like 2006 where they have it graded. He is, if you're over, if you're over 75, you're in the very good range starter, excellent player. If you have a season that's over 85, you're in the pro bowl over 90, you're really, really good. This is it. His older age in Minnesota, 2008, 92 yep. grade, 2010, 91, 2011, 90, 2012, 86. I mean, this guy. Yeah. No, he did a great job here. He was, he was fantastic among here. the elite players and every single year run defense. He was elite every single year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think that if we evaluated corners just publicly, not on interceptions like we do now, that Antoine Winfield would have been in the Hall of Fame. I think he deserves it. But he is never going to make it, so he's Hall of Very, Very Good. So that's a good selection, Devin. All right, I said I was going to talk about ceiling, best-case scenario, how it could work out for the Vikings. Let's discuss when we come back. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Yeah, it's been great. Um, obviously, we're out here in shorts and t-shirts, but uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it feels like a really good fit for the playmakers we have, um, for the quarterback we have, and, and the offensive line. And, um, you know, I feel like we've made some some really good progress. Uh, obviously, we have a long ways to go, but we also have a lot of time before the first game. So um, it, it's really, uh, it keeps it fresh for us as veterans to come out here and, and try to master this system and, and try to be great at it. And, uh, you know, it definitely humbles you when you have a new offense and uh, you have to learn your playbook because you mess up just like the rookies do. So, um, it, like I said, it, it keeps it fun, it keeps it fresh, and I'm excited to keep 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 learning more. Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen there. So I was thinking about this today, Judd, because out at the Vikings golf tournament, which I played this morning. Oh, how'd it go for you? Uh, it went okay. I played with the cap god, Rob Brzezinski, and one of the Vikings scouts. Oh, Rob had to be very um, nervous. I uh, Loose lips sink ships. Well, you know what? Not going to tell Collar anything. His, uh, his chipping game, it was off, so I think that means that Rudolph is uh, getting traded. That's probably what it is. You probably um, told him. Here's what you need to do, Rob. Now, we... Um, it was all sort of like off the record, just having fun. But sure. I, I'll just tell you one thing, that he confirmed the salary cap is real. This is an internet meme with people claiming that the salary cap does not exist. And it uh, it does. Just because he's good at working with it does not mean that it doesn't have an impact on stuff. Of course, It yeah. does. Yeah. Okay. Just of course so get it does. That, get that out of Do the people way. people think it doesn't? No, I get this all the time. Anytime we discuss things with the salary cap that impact the Vikings oh, and their okay, future, yeah. I always get caps a myth, caps a myth. Well, Robertsinski confirmed it's real. He manipulates <laughs> it. He manipulates it very, very well, but it is a very real thing. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so that's the only thing I can really bring you from that. But uh, best case, give, give me the best case. All right. I want, but I, so Kirk Cousins. Uh, bought Tiger Woods shirts for all of the offensive linemen. And I want you to tell me if the Vikings offensive line plays really well this year, 
What is the best case for the Vikings offense? If they play really well and the system works? Let's, let's even say that they are above top 15. Oh. They can't be in the top elite because well, they don't have a good enough left tackle. But. With this with this defense, then, if, thing, if things go according to a complete plan, they can win 12 games, 13 games. They can be very good. Really good. So you think it rests on them, then? Oh, I think they're a huge part, don't you? But I, I think but I think they're being put in a position as a group now to succeed where a year ago I don't think that they were used uh, to their wisest as a personnel group. I will agree with that. Yes. Uh I don't think that they were moved around enough. Correct. Um especially someone like Pat Elfline that Bradbury should be an impact player. Generally if guys have been drafted as high as Bradbury, they have a chance to be an impact player right away. The right side makes me a bit nervous, but I think I like the left side. I think you could cover up one spot. Okay. As long as it's not left tackle. All right. Okay, I teased that all show for that, but that's what you got. Okay, that's this, fair enough. This show was hall of very good. All right. <laughs> Mackie Judd with Rami. Hot routes, baby. Hot yeah. routes. <laughs> this holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.